You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Less Brands, a three-step hair care system designed to make caring for curly hair simple. As a busy mom, I usually let my hair air dry while I work or run errands, but it often ends up looking like that frizzy and awkward in-between. Not quite wavy, not quite curly, not quite straight. In order to get a bit more natural curl, I've tried to follow routines I found online, but it always feels like I'm just mixing the steps up or it takes way more time than I'm willing to commit. But it's easier than ever to keep my hair healthy and beautiful with Lust Brands. Lust is all about helping each person embrace and love their unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. When I use their simple three-step system, which includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all-in-one styler, I actually look like I have nice beach waves and without any stickiness, crunch, or mess. My hair loves Lust Brands and yours will too. See for yourself why they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to lustbrands.com and enter promo code 3 and 30. That's L-U-S brands with an S dot com and promo code 3 and 30. Don't wait. Get 15% off with promo code 3 and 30 at lustbrands.com. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. For me, there's almost nothing in this world quite as painful as the dinnertime dread. You know that feeling, right? It's 4 p.m. and you realize that the minions are going to be clamoring for food shortly and you have literally no idea what to feed them and you just want to bang your head against the refrigerator and run away and hide. (laughs) Is this just me? I was just about to say that I hope I'm not alone in this, but I actually do hope I'm alone in this because I hope that all of you listening have perfected systems for feeding your families so you do not have to deal with this awful feeling every night of your life. But if there are, in fact, some human mothers out there listening who relate to dinnertime dread, this episode is for you. My guest today is Kelsey Nixon, an Emmy-nominated TV personality, author, wife, mom, and cooking show host. She's the host of the hit family food game show Dinner Takes All, and she has previously hosted Kelsey's Essentials and Kelsey's Homemade on the Cooking Channel Food Network, as well as being a finalist on season four of Food Network Star. Beyond that impressive professional bio, Kelsey is a busy working mom, so she really builds her brand around realistic, practical kitchen essentials, essential tips, techniques, and tools to help home cooks develop confidence in the kitchen and get dinner on the table. I know you're going to love learning from her, but before we jump into that conversation, I want to remind you that I'll be teaching a class at Pinner's Conference in Utah, which is happening on Friday, November 4th and Saturday, November 5th, and I would love for you to come. Penners is a conference featuring over 100 classes on a huge variety of topics, and it's also a market with over 200 small businesses featuring their creative, unique products. Many of the classes are super crafty and hands-on, so you'll love that. The class I'm teaching is not crafty because I am not so good at that sort of thing, but I promise to make it fun. I will be teaching three ways to avoid mom burnout, and the class is happening on Saturday the 5th at 11.30 a.m., So if you live near Sandy, Utah, come to Pinner's so I can meet you. And this will also be a great place to get all of your holiday shopping done in one swoop. 
because the vendors who will be there have super unique, high quality products. There are tons of small businesses. 3 and 30 is actually going to have a booth there selling our Flex of Gold journal. So if you come, stop by and say hi to me, grab some Flex of Gold journals to give away as gift for the holidays. They'll be on a great deal. And I'm so excited to meet you. If you're interested in attending my class in Utah on Saturday, November 5th, go to ut.pinnersconference.com and get signed up. You can even use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off your ticket. That's ut.pinnersconference.com. And I will put the link in the show notes. Okay, are you ready to learn about how to get dinner on the table and why it matters? Here's my conversation with the amazing Kelsey Nixon. Kelsey, it's so good to have you here. Welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you. I feel a little starstruck because I'm such a fan of the podcast and have been for many years. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. That's crazy to hear me say that you are starstruck because you are legitimately <laughs> like a celebrity chef no, who's been on major <laughs> television shows and all sorts of things. So thank you for saying that. We are so honored to have you here. And the listeners may know, and you may know since you're a listener, that dinner, meal prep, cooking, all of it is honestly my hardest thing. It's yeah. my... It's my task of adulting that is just the worst for me. Like I can yeah. do laundry, I can clean, but the cooking, meal planning, grocery shopping, all of it is incredibly challenging. So I'm personally very excited to talk to you for my own selfish reasons, because I know these takeaways are going to really bless me. Has this always been something that's come kind of naturally to you? I mean, the meal planning, all of it, is it natural for you? No. And that's a really great question because I feel like even as someone who's been working in the industry of food and particularly family food for the past 15, 20 years, I still struggle with this every single week. And it's just a tough problem to solve. And so I don't mm -hmm. think you're alone. In fact, I think if we pulled your audience, we'd find that most people struggle with meal planning. In fact, I cringe even saying the term meal planning because I think so many people have an averse reaction to it. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like exercise, or at least exercise for me, where it's that thing that's so hard to do. But when I do it, when I force myself to do it, I usually always feel better and feel like I have my life more under control. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But it takes making it a priority. And really, you ask, has it come naturally for you? No, it hasn't because I'm a working mom. I've got three young kids. I feel the stressors of what so many other people feel. But for me, it really comes down to the why. Like, why is it important to me to sit down and have a meal with my family each day? And my oldest is 10. And I feel a lot of anxiety about raising a soon-to-be teenager. Mm -hmm. And I think about the rituals and what I can control in a world that seems to be so chaotic. And I just can't think of many other things that are as beneficial of breaking bread with people that you love every day. There's this incredible author, Michael Pollan, who's written many books about food. And he talks about the dinner table being the nursery of democracy. And how the dinner table is where we teach our kids how to agree and disagree with one another respectfully. It's where they learn to take turns. It's where they share the highs and lows of their day. It's literally where they learn the basic art of conversation. And so as I think about 
having a household and raising kids, it's just too important to me to ignore the dinner table. Like it's a priority. My husband and I have decided it's kind of a non-negotiable. We really want to prioritize dinner time. So mm-hmm. it's the why that drives me to keep figuring this out. And I have developed a system that it makes it significantly easier. But it's something I have to constantly prioritize and nourish because it is just challenging. Yeah. I'm so glad you came back to that why. I know I've heard the research about how kids are much less likely to engage in risky behaviors as teenagers. They're more likely to have good grades. There's all this research simply because they have a family dinner consistently, that it can really bless and benefit them. And you have a personal experience where you found a lot of healing in the family dinner ritual. Would you mind sharing that before we get into our takeaways? Of course. Um, Like you mentioned, my foray into food was really in food television. I was on a reality show where I competed with my own cooking show, and then I hosted my own cooking show for many years on Food Network and Cooking Channel. I kind of had this big fancy job where I was doing cooking demos on the Today Show and the Rachel Ray Show, and I still do some of that. But in the process of all of that, we started to grow a family, and I had really complicated pregnancies, and my second pregnancy um, resulted in me having a, a really premature baby at 25 weeks, and he lived for about a month, and then he passed away in the NICU due to complications from his prematurity, and I just was devastated, just broken Mm. beyond any way that I could actually describe through words. And it was a very unique experience having this very public job and going through something so devastating privately. And I remember while my son was in the NICU, I was scheduled to be on the Today Show and I was making guacamole. And it just felt like this completely disingenuous experience that I was making guacamole on TV while I had this baby that was fighting for his life. It just was this Mm. awful time in my life. And once he passed, I had gotten to the point where I did not want to be in the kitchen. I resented this idea of this family that I was trying to build, and it felt impossible that we were going to get there. Because with the death of my son, I was also told that future pregnancies were out of the question. So I was mourning the loss of not his life, but also this family that we were trying to build and what I thought this family was going to look like. And when I thought of family, I thought of that family around the dinner table. In fact, I remember saying to my husband, there's not enough people at our Thanksgiving table. Like, it, it, this, is not, this is not right. Something is not right here. And so I basically broke up with the kitchen for a couple months, almost a year, And when I got to the point where I was sick of feeling sorry for myself and I was sick of feeling sad, the first thing I did was I said, I'm going to make one meal a week and we are going to sit down, my husband, me and my son, and we are going to just break bread together and be together. And it was committing to that one meal a week that got me back into the kitchen that helped me to fall in love with food again. And it wasn't even so much the food. It was the family. It was the ritual. It was the connection of my family at that table. And I just learned so many formative things. And it's probably the most important and valuable lesson that I've learned about food over the years. Nothing to do with a skill or a technique or a recipe, but it's what food does in in family environments. Mm, that's so beautiful. And 
especially realizing like, yes, we have a small family, but this is still a family. And our son is young, but he still needs us and he needs time with us around the dinner table. And we may have more people around our table someday. We may not, but we are going to prioritize this in this season and this time, one meal a week, you know, and for people listening for a wide variety of reasons, it may be a struggle for them to even do one meal a week. And so I love just that kind of that baseline of let's try for that. You know, there's going to be some moms listening that do this every night. There's going to be others that almost never do this. So let's at least try for one meal a week. And thank you for sharing that personal story. It really touches me as I've had my own fertility struggles and my family is not the size that I envisioned or that I was hoping that it would be. But we talked a little bit before I hit record that you did end up getting some miracle babies after that baby was born. Do you mind just briefly, if you want to share that piece of your story? Of course, it's such a good story, and I'm so proud of it. It's been so difficult, but we ended up, after being told no more pregnancies would be safe for me or future babies, I had a sister-in-law offer to carry a baby for us as a gestational surrogate. And so we went through the process of surrogacy where I did IVF with my husband. We created our own genetic embryos and went through the ups and downs of that, which I know you're so familiar with, Rachel, mm-hmm. um, created viable embryos. We were living in New York City at the time, so we literally shipped the embryos to my sister-in-law who lived in Idaho, and we transferred. It didn't work. We transferred again. It worked, and we got my five-year-old daughter, Nora, and then we had a remaining embryo, and many people who do IVF have to, people don't think about having to decide what to do with your embryos, and we decided if someone else crossed our path where it made sense to try and grow our family again, we would do that, and one of my sister-in-law's really good friends, Megan, offered to carry for us, and so she carried our daughter, Penny, And so now we are Ollie, we have Leo in heaven, and then our two girls, Nora and Penny, who are just literal miracles. Like, Mm. sometimes I look at them and I think, like, the combination (laughs) of science and God (laughs) for your existence is just unbelievable. And as hard as it's been, I wouldn't change anything. It's been really beautiful. And we have a Mm. very full table now. So we feel as if we're at max capacity. So we're, we're good. Yeah. Well, that's such a hopeful story. Thank you for sharing the the pain that you went through and the joy yeah. that you feel now. And as moms are listening, if they're thinking, okay, I really want to prioritize this. I want to do it. I know it's important, mm-hmm. but it's just so hard for me, which yeah. I'm right there with you, all of you right. listeners. Can you give us some takeaways yes. of ways to make family dinner more manageable and to combat that dinner time decision fatigue? Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you right now, you may not want to hear this, but you have to embrace meal planning to a certain extent. It can be simple. It does not have to be completely prescriptive, right? Like you don't have to commit that you're going to make this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think people get overwhelmed by that, but a plan goes a long way. And so I want to talk to you just about my simple system that I do every week, and it has changed everything for me. And this is what happens. Okay. It is the same time every week that I sit down to map out my meals. Literally, I have an alarm in my phone that goes off. It's at a time that I know that I'm almost never going to have distractions. It's 9 p.m. on Thursday nights. 
And with that, I also listen to a podcast that I really like that comes out on Thursdays. And so I think it's called temptation bundling, where you bundle something that you know you are going to be resistant to and not like with something you're excited about, which for me Mm. is listening to a podcast. And so I get excited about my podcast and meal planning is not so complicated. You usually can do something, whether you want to have the office on in the background or you want to listen to music or something like that. But for me, it's a podcast. So I do it at the same time every week. And then I sift through my kitchen. So I have the habit of opening up the refrigerator doors, looking in the pantry, looking in the freezer. Because what I hear from people so often is, I don't mind cooking. I just hate deciding what to make. Mm -hmm. And I often find that I get clues about what I should make based on what I already have on hand. And that is not only going to save me money on my grocery bill, but it helps with that decision fatigue. It kind of is a clue. If I've got, you know, a bunch of frozen chicken breasts that need to be used up, well, I should probably make something that has chicken in it this week. Mm -hmm. And that kind of makes the process feel a little easier. And then I select recipes. And that can be from maybe you pop onto Pinterest. Maybe you have food bloggers or you have a saved folder in Instagram. Or maybe you cook out of cookbooks. Or I have a recipe club that people join where there's five new recipes a month. Maybe you hop into recipe club. But I look for recipes kind of driven by those ingredients that I've got on hand. And I say okay, this is a busy week. Maybe I'll cook three meals. And then on Tuesday, it's going to be a dino nuggets night and that's fine. And on Friday, we're going to do pizza. And I make that plan then. So I make a decision once a week rather than every single day deciding what I'm going to make. And then for me, I sit down and I order my groceries. So Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of grocery pickup. Sometimes grocery delivery, I just cannot believe how freeing it's been to get back the time that I used to spend shopping in a grocery store. I'm convinced it's the greatest thing to come out of the pandemic for my family is grocery pickup, but I order my groceries. So within 30 minutes, really, it does not take that long. I've been listening to my podcast and I've mapped out a plan for the week. And then I always pick my groceries up at the same time every week. And it's just like maybe the same way someone would schedule going to an exercise class. I just do it at the same time every week. Hmm. That's so great. And women can obviously pick the time that they're most likely and they may need to experiment a little bit. Like for me, I think 9 p.m., I think my self-discipline is already so low sure, by 9 low. p.m. Like I'm so tired. <laughs> I think I'd see that and I'd be like, heck no. no like not I'm gonna happen. gonna go lay in my bed and scroll on my phone or something. Yeah. For me, I might need to do it first thing on a mm-hmm. certain day of the week, first thing in the morning when my resolve is fresh. Yeah. And I love the idea of pairing it with something with a favorite podcast or show or a little treat. So you've got me thinking. My son just started middle school today. And so I did a new drop off for the first time today and noticed how close it is to the grocery store. And I thought, okay, maybe this can be part of my routine is like Mm -hmm. on Mondays, I've ordered my groceries and I swing by and I get them or I run in there. Because it's right there. You just got to make it part of your routines and kind of stack it, have it stack it with other things in your life to make sure that it happens. So Exactly. And maybe you've got a household full of toddlers or teenagers. And so that's why one meal planning system for everyone is never going to work because you also might have kids in comp sports where you've got super busy extracurricular activities. Or maybe you're a mom with a newborn baby. 
So everyone's system is going to end up looking a little bit different. And the recipes people select to put in their plan is going to look a little different. So what's important is about prioritizing that this is something you want to do and then figuring out a system that is going to fit within your family structure. Yeah. And knowing that that system may change as the seasons of your life change. And that's okay. Exactly. you'll figure it out. Yep. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Little Spoon, the one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. In today's episode, we're talking about making dinner for your family. But I know there are some seasons in your motherhood where you might be literally unable to do this. For me, this was when I was pregnant with my daughter and I was so sick that I could barely get out of bed to feed my toddler. I was racked with mom guilt as I tried to pour him a bowl of cereal because it's all I could manage with my intense nausea. And I wish I would have known about an option like Little Spoon to lighten my load. Little Spoon makes everything fresh and uses absolutely nothing artificial. It's just like homemade, all delivered to your door and ready in seconds. Pop your meals in the fridge or the freezer and use them when you're ready. It's that easy. The toddler and kid food plates have classics like mac and cheese with hidden butternut squash and carrots, as well as more adventurous meals like cheesy pupusas or chicken pot stickers. The best part? The price is right. With kids' meals under $6 and baby food and smoothie snacks under $3, it makes trying Little Spoon easy. Make this year's chaos a little more manageable with time-saving, delicious, and healthy meals and snacks you can feel good about. Enter code 3in30 at checkout to get 50% off your first Little Spoon order. That's 50% off your first Little Spoon order with the code 3in30 at checkout. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Are you feeling stuck with any decisions that need to be made or problems going on in your family or personal life right now? I want you to know that I cannot recommend therapy highly enough, especially for parents who are managing kids' schedules, kids' friendships, kids' mealtimes, kids' emotions, along with all of their own. Therapy has helped me recognize my thought and behavior patterns, which helps me solve problems more quickly. It's so empowering to be able to find our own solutions instead of feeling stuck or hopeless. Therapy is an incredible tool to help you build your emotional wellness, which in turn will mean that you are better equipped to teach your kids how to build theirs. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30, and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. And then what's your second takeaway? So I suggest having three simple recipe ideas for when you know you don't feel like cooking because inevitably it's going to happen. I don't care how rigorous you are about having your meal planning time each week. There are going to be nights when your family needs to be fed and you don't know what they're going to eat. So I always have the things on hand to make three things for dinner. So Mm -hmm. these are so common in my household that I am at least making them once every two weeks, if not once a week. And it's breakfast for dinner because I always have stuff to make breakfast. And Mm -hmm. my kids actually love breakfast for dinner. They get excited about it. So that may look like waffles, bacon, eggs, and whatever fruit we have in the refrigerator. And that's a nice balanced meal. And like I said, my kids love that. Uh, Spaghetti and meatballs, it's so basic and so simple, but my family will consistently eat it. 
And then we make these grilled cheese sandwiches with sliced apples and crisp bacon on them that are so yummy. It feels like a little bit more elevated than a classic grilled cheese. But once again, it's a recipe I know my family will eat and I can always have everything on hand to make it. So ask yourself for your family and your needs, what are three recipes, even if it's pasta and sauce? Great. And then I want you to write them down and put them somewhere visible so that when it's Tuesday at 2.30 and you're stressed because you got to feed everyone, you can look at that list and say, we'll do the spaghetti and meatballs or I'm going to hurry and throw together breakfast for dinner. That has been game changer for me because on those nights, I used to feel like almost shame to a certain extent when Mm -hmm. I was pulling out the box mac and cheese or the dino nuggets like, oh, I can't believe we're eating this again. But honestly, if you plan for something like that, you know it's going to be a crazy night and you've planned for the dino nugget night, there's something so freeing about that. And I want to make sure Mm -hmm. everyone listening to this podcast knows that that's okay. My family has dino nuggets. Like, it's totally fine. That's totally fine. It's fine to have a cold cereal night, too. But you tend to feel better about it when you've planned for it than when you're reactive to it. So, but mm-hmm. having those three meals has been a, a great game changer for my family. Yeah. My friend Miranda Anderson has mac and cheese on their meal plan every week when she and her husband are on date night. Perfect. So she knows, and the kids love it. And she's like, it's just meal planned in. Like they will have mac and cheese and apple slices and Dave and I will go out to dinner. And Miranda and Dave are amazing at a weekly date night, which I so think great. is another tradition and ritual that can really bless family life. And I really admire how much they prioritize that. And so, yeah, you can put it on your meal plan. For us, we do pizza night on Fridays. I don't believe in Mm -hmm. cooking on Fridays. For me, it's a no-go. So every single Friday, we do pizza. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's frozen pizza from the freezer. And sometimes it's from the cute local pizzeria. And sometimes it's from Little Caesars. But I just know on Fridays... It's pizza. And like Miranda's family, my kids look forward to it. Yeah. That's a ritual and tradition in itself that even though it's not some beautiful home-cooked meal, my kids can have great memories surrounding that. And maybe it's oh, it's yeah. even a tradition that they carry on with their own families. Yeah, absolutely. So with spaghetti and meatballs, are the meatballs frozen? Like you buy them already made or do you make them? So sometimes I will buy them. Like I, I have a Costco meatball that I really like that I'll keep on hand. But I do have a meatball recipe that I really like. And so should time allow, I'll make a big batch of meatballs and keep them on hand. But I certainly don't hold myself to that standard. It's not Mm -hmm. like I'm someone who only believes in homemade meatballs. But to answer your question, there's always some form of a meatball in the freezer because everyone Mm -hmm. will eat it. And so I think that's another thing that's really important about those three recipes is pick things you know everyone will eat because we all know as moms that there's nothing more frustrating than making a meal and having nobody eat it. Yeah. So those need to be things that you know everyone will eat. Okay. Well, we'll have to link your meatball recipe in the show notes. And I will put a link for what my, I only have one of these go-to meals, but I can add two more now. But my go-to is the guiltless Alfredo sauce from Our Best Bites. I don't know if you've ever had that. No, but I'm going to have it now. It's things that I always have. It's like cream cheese, garlic, butter, Parmesan cheese, milk, you know, and my kids love it. Actually, just last night, we started school today and I thought I really wanted to do like a family back to school dinner. This is at 4 p.m. 
And I'm yeah. like, I, what, I, you know, and I thought I'll make the Alfredo and I made yeah. it and the kids loved it and it felt kind of special. And so that's my go-to and I'll link that. It takes five minutes to make that's great. To this sauce yes. up, you know. We so. all need recipes like that. And yeah, I, it's been so powerful for me to actually write them down and have them visible in my kitchen because when it is 5.30 and you've got hangry kids, we're not thinking clearly. So sometimes nope. we just need the reminder right there that says, make this. <laughs> yes, totally. All right. That's great. And then what's your final takeaway? So this may sound a little old school for 2022, but I talked to a lot of people about food and cooking. And in my recipe club, I'm, I'm talking with my members a lot. And something that works for a lot of people is a good old-fashioned recipe binder. We're talking like a three-ring binder because as fantastic as cookbooks are, many times a cookbook may only have four or five recipes that you consistently make out of it. But mm -hmm. having a recipe binder is almost like having a custom cookbook for your family. So that as you try new recipes, or maybe you take recipes, it's the three recipes we're talking there, or it's recipes that you know are hits for your family, they are all stored in one place. Because mm -hmm. I think most people agree that cooking from a device is not an incredibly wonderful experience. It's frustrating, mm -hmm. right? There's food, and then your phone will turn off, and then you got to turn it back on and put your code on, and you're trying to find, and... If you're cooking from a food blog and you got to scroll through the story to get to the bottom of the recipe. Yep. So taking the time to like old school print recipes and keep them in a binder, your go-tos, saves people so much headache. And going back to that time when you're going to sit down and map out meals for the week, the first place I go is my recipe binder because I know those are the recipes that my family likes. They're like the greatest hits, right? And so mm -hmm. then I don't spend time because, you know, the internet's a big place and yeah. there are some food bloggers that I really love. But if I end up on someone's site, I may spend 25 minutes looking at 10 different recipes that look delicious. And then I deal with dinnertime decision fatigue and we make enough decisions as moms. So Anything you can do to reduce the amount of decisions you have to make. And by having this binder where whether it's you're going to put them in page protectors or you're going to just throw them in loose, just have those recipes in one place. I find that it's something that people really, really like doing and makes their lives more simple. And I loved when I read this takeaway because I actually have this. There you go. I actually have several. So I have a mm -hmm. binder for like all my meats recipes, a binder for all yeah. of my desserts. And it is like our tried and trues, our favorites. I actually like cut some of my favorite recipes out of cookbooks and put them in the binder because Perfect. I didn't want to keep so many big bulky cookbooks in my house that I was barely using, yeah. you know, so, and it's easier than like a recipe box with cards in it because you can actually flip through it like a book and see it and yeah. go really quick when you're meal planning. So I've, I have enjoyed having a recipe binder. Yeah. And sometimes I'll say when I really don't want to make any decisions, I'll hand that binder to my 10 year old and say, mm. what looks good to you? <laughs> what looks good yes. to you? And most of the recipes we have in our binder do have a picture. So he can say, oh, let's make the baked ziti or, oh, what about these stuffed potatoes with broccoli and cheese? I liked those. And sometimes it's nice just 
to not make the decision. And then if your kid's been involved in saying, let's have this, they're usually more excited about making it. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to having a simple system that you can replicate week after week. And so Mm -hmm. figure out what that system is for you and your family. Like I said, for me, it involves having that set time, shopping my own kitchen, sifting through the recipe binder, picking the things that I know my family will like, and sitting down and ordering my groceries. And it is such a gift to my future self because Mm. life is crazy. It's so crazy. But because we've decided that prioritizing dinner really is very important to us as a family unit, I've got to have this system or I just go throughout the week feeling constantly defeated. So it's a system worth investing Mm. in. Well, thank you, Kelsey. This has been super inspiring. And I'm intrigued to know more about your recipe club. And I bet some listeners are as well, because one hard thing about Pinterest or the recipes look good, but how do you really know, you know, and so to have a recipe club where recipes are vetted by you, a professional Mm -hmm. cook and a mom who gets it and isn't going to give us this super complicated, difficult recipe, you know, could be such a gift to the busy mom. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Recipe Club, it's five new recipes every month that are delivered to your inbox. They're hosted on a recipe database almost. So if you're someone who doesn't love looking through blogs because there are lots of ads or stories and you feel like you keep scrolling, it's just the recipes. And the fun thing about it is all of the recipes are voted on by our club members. So I figured rather than writing another cookbook and trying to guess what people wanted, I would just ask them every month what recipes they needed. And that way I'm able to provide weeknight recipes that are really doable for families. All of the recipes have a how-to video and do an ingredient shot and a beauty shot. And then I also share a parent plate and a picky eater plate because I live with Mm. some pretty picky eaters. And so I wanted to be able to provide a resource as to I really don't want anyone to be a short order cook. So if you're going to make this meal, this is how I serve it to my kids so that I'm not making multiple meals. And yeah, it's been a really exciting project for me. Cool. And tell us where to go to sign up for that. So you can either go to my website, kelseynixon.com, or you can click on my LinkedIn profile and Instagram and uh, click on Join Recipe Club there. We'll link that in the show notes. We'll link her Instagram. I love your five ingredient recipe series on Instagram of super simple, doable meals for families. So lots of resources. We'll put it all in the show notes. And Kelsey, thank you so, so much for coming on 3 and 30. You got it. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Friends, I'm feeling inspired. I know this episode isn't going to air until October, but as I mentioned in the episode, the day that I'm recording the conversation, it's actually the first day of school for us. So it feels like a fresh start, and I'm going to build some new routines for our family dinners based around Kelsey's three tips, which as a reminder were, first, embrace meal planning, but remember it can be simple. Try to make it a routine part of your week, same time, every time, and pair it with an activity you love to do like listening to music or a podcast or watching a show. Start with what you already have in your refrigerator and then look at recipes from there. I know I'm going to try out Kelsey's Recipe Club, and if you'd like to try it out as well, she is generously offering our listeners $10 off her already very affordable monthly recipe club when you use the code 3 and 30 So go check that out, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Takeaway two, choose three simple meal ideas for when you don't feel like cooking and always have the ingredients on hand. Write down those three meals, put them somewhere visible, so when you feel the urge to bang your head on the refrigerator and run away from home as dinner time sneaks up on you, 
you might see your note to yourself and remember that all is not lost and you can pull together a dinner that your whole family will eat. That is a total mom win. And third and finally, create a recipe binder. It may sound old school, but most people do prefer cooking from a hard copy versus a screen. And you can include your family's greatest hit recipes in this binder, so it's easy to flip through and get good ideas. You can even have your kids do this and choose the meals for the week and do the meal planning for you. As we head into October and then the busy holiday season, I hope these tips will help all of us to prioritize family dinners, even if they are simple, even if they can't happen every night. Remember Kelsey's advice to start with one dinner a week and work up from there. The benefits to your family will be huge. As always, I'm rooting for you. I'm right in the trenches with you, figuring out how to be an adult and a mom and manage everyone's needs on top of my own. We can do this. We're all in this together. And I hope you have a great week with your family. 